and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Clutch Conversations. We're back at you one more again on a Thursday evening. Uh, first and foremost, I want to give a special thanks to everybody that checked in on us um, in the wake of the hurricane. Fortunately, here in Gainesville, we had minimal impact from Hurricane Ian. Um, I know a few people lost power, but it wasn't a bunch of widespread impact here in Gainesville. We did have some rain last night. Uh, There's a little bit of rain today and some moderate wind, but by and large, uh, we weren't heavily impacted. However, as I'm sure you saw in the news, those Floridians in Southwest and Central Florida, uh, they've greatly been they've been greatly impacted and devastated by the hurricane and the storm surge that follows. So definitely, please continue to keep those folks in your thoughts and your prayers. Before we get into the show, uh, I do want to address a few housekeeping items. Uh, definitely make sure you support US Arc and US Arc Florida. Uh, US Arc membership, you can get it for as cheap as $40, or you can even get it for $20 if you're a student. Membership to US Arc Florida is free. There's a free membership option. Um, definitely support financially if you can. And then speaking of support, be sure to hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell. It really helps us out here on the channel. Uh, thank you to everybody that's in the chat. We really appreciate the support. And then I got a new announcement for you. So recordings of these episodes uh, going forward will now be available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. So basically, whatever your favorite podcast platform is, chances are Clutch Conversations is there. So definitely go and check us out there. Uh, listen to us there. Uh, rate us, follow us, do all that stuff. We really appreciate it. Like I said, uh, it helps us out. You can find the links to all of those podcast platforms in our link tree, which is included in the description of the video. And so I definitely want to get right into the show. Uh, this man tonight really needs no introduction. We got Will Morose from Royal Canadian Reptiles kicking it with us tonight on Clutch Conversations. So really looking forward. So without further ado, we're going to bring him to the stage. What's good, bro? What's going on, man? Not Where much, not much, man, not much. Living, living the dream. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How about Trying, you? Trying, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so real quick, tell us a little bit about yourself, but uh, outside of the reptiles. Oh, outside of reptiles. Okay. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, yeah, I'm just a average guy. I, uh, enjoy, I don't know, being outside, spend time with dogs. Um, I like to do a little bit of hunting. Um, yeah, I like living out in the country and just like being left alone. You know, <laughs> I did the big, I did the big city life for, for quite a while. And, uh, we we bought a place and moved out into the out into the country and yeah never go back. Where's I like home? I like the the like you know work from home, stay on I just stay at home and I just kind of do whatever I got to do around the around the property and yeah it's uh, that's kind of what I do that's kind of like really what I do I take care of the rats take care of the snakes and uh, spend some time outside although in the in the uh, in the winter months I uh, I, w- I will flip the old xbox on from time to time so, okay okay what game yeah uh it depends depends what i'm feeling sometimes call of duty um okay nice, playing some, nice. Uh, some diablo 2 actually recently um that's like super nostalgic like i played that as a kid and then they released it for xbox i was like no way <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah yeah i, I just uh, whatever i'm feeling you know just lot, lot, i do did, did play a lot of racing games like need for speed stuff like that 
but I find like in the summertime, like as soon as like the, as soon as it's not cold out, I'm like, yeah, I'm out of here. I'm going out. Gotcha. Yeah, that yeah, makes sense. Yeah. It gets yeah. much colder um, where you're at than it does in Florida. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We get cold. <laughs> like, so I, I'm not going outside today. Like, it's, yeah. Yeah, I couldn't imagine. Yeah. I couldn't imagine. It's cold. You, so get used to it, you, get, you get used to it. You don't get used to the, how dark it gets, but you get used to the cold. Okay, okay. Yeah. And how long do, do those uh, extreme temperatures last? Uh, we'll get down into right now, like we're, we're in like the middle of fall. Like it's, uh, you know, into October, we can, leaves will start dropping here. It's, it's beautiful here now. It's just like everything's red and yellow and gorgeous actually. But uh, uh, probably by mid November, we're into freezing temps at night, every night. Um, and then I, I would say as a general rule, we get four months of the year that are like we don't go above freezing we're always below freezing for about four months um that's generally that's, january through march wow that's like mid-december it totally depends on the year some years it can be a little more mild some years it can be like real cold gotcha. um, i'm hoping it's a little more mild this year we'll see i'm hoping so too bro so at, at what point along the way did you get into reptiles uh, well, I, I had some as a kid, man. Like I, my dad being a veterinarian, um, he's, he was okay. always kind of like, yeah, get whatever you want. Like within reason, right? Don't, he wasn't like seven and be like, yeah, here, get a retake. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, so I always was like, it liked animals, dogs, cats, like you name it. Like, and then reptiles was just kind of like something a little different. And I just like kind of gravitated towards that. And, uh, I had a leopard gecko as a kid, okay. and a bearded dragon, which was like, everybody said, get a bearded dragon because you can handle them. Well, the one I got was like straight up Satan. Like this thing oh, was word. psycho, dude. You couldn't touch it. You couldn't touch it. And he bit, he bit the crap out of me. And I was like, I put me off of a bearded dragon. They are cool. Some of the morphs they got with them. But, uh, but then I got, uh, I got, a, I obviously got a ball python. That was pretty natural. Natural one, I had a corn snake, and milk snake, but I got a ball python, and I, I always liked it the most, to be honest, out of all the reptiles I kept. I had some chameleons, just like the, nothing crazy. I didn't like, I wasn't like two with like basin emeralds or something like, you know, like it wasn't like that, or like some gotcha. chondros or the bolins or nothing like that. Um, it was just kind of like your your expo type, uh, type animals, and uh, I just liked the ball python. They were like, you know, I, I was like seven years old. I didn't really want to get bit by anything. And True. the ball python just was like that one. I could just like, oh, hey, I'll pick him up. And he was like, chill. You know, I didn't didn't do anything. And uh, and yeah, and then I just grew grew out of it. You know, I got into teenager. We got rid of it. Um, and I went off to university. And then I kind of just like stumbled in. Like there, I walked by this pet store every single day on the way to school. And okay. it was the, one of the things that I really liked about the pet store was they had uh, ringtail lemurs, actually. Like they had this, this cage, like Zabumafu, like those like, lemurs jump around and shit. Oh, and, nice. uh, and then they had like this mesh on the thing that you could like walk up and put your hands and they'd like run and like jump across the room and land on the mesh, like right in front of you. And then I, I went in every day. Cause it was just like, yo, there's lemurs. Like I'm just going to pop in and say, what's <laughs> those lemurs? And then go. Oh. And uh, the owner saw me coming in every day and he was like you want to go in there and eventually i got to go in and like hang hang out with them and like put them on your shoulder and they're they're really cool and uh i just got 
got chatting with them and walked there. They had a small little reptile section and they had a, um, they had a bow python in, of course, right? And, uh, and I kind of like got chatting with them. I was like, oh, I used to have a ball python. I could get, I could get another one. I could see myself with another ball python. And, and dude, I bought a ball python and I brought it home. And it was like, I, like I was, I, I didn't know, I guess. I just kept it in a glass tank and it did fine. Everybody that tells me like, oh, you can't keep them in a glass tank. They're going to get this. You're going to get that. Like this snake did fine in a glass tank. Totally fine. As good as the stuff behind me does in, in, <laughs> you know, in, in tubs. So uh, I, like, I don't recommend a glass tank with like a heat lamp. I did a heat pad on, on half okay. of it and okay. uh, hide and stuff like that. But gotcha. yeah, the animal did, did totally fine. But basically I got home from, I got home, had it for a couple of days and was like, oh, ball python. Then just like on my laptop and I ball python and boom. And I just like literally just typed in ball python and ball python care, I think I put in and hit enter. And it was just like the cut, like it was just like the Google images all along the top and said ball python, all the links. And it was just like, just straight, like different color. I was like, yo, why doesn't mine look like that? I want that one. Like, mine's <laughs> what kind did you have? Yeah, okay, I just, yeah, just a normal. normal. Okay, this is a normal. Yeah, it's just a just a normal one. Uh, and I was just kind of like, why does why is that one yellow and that one's like like uh, the 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 snake that actually like really hooked me was the caramel glow of all things. The caramel, unfortunately, it was the caramel hypo, right? But it was so fucking cool, man. I just was <laughs> just like, this is so sick. And I uh, one of the first websites that I clicked on was ballpython.ca which is mark mandic okay and okay. uh so i went on his website and i'm just like what is this world of like this craziness what and, year was this uh, this was oh i want to say that's 2007 okay and then okay we, i bought snakes in oh it might have been early 08 january february of 2008 type of thing Okay. And uh, or maybe it was two thousand. It was it was either 07 or 08. I think we produced our first clutch in 08 or 09. I'd have I'd have to go back and look. Honestly, okay. I don't even remember. Um, gotcha. but it was quite a while ago. And uh, anyway, I went. I called Mark and I was like, "Hey, man, like I just got a ball python. I just went to your website and like you have some of the coolest looking snakes I've ever seen in my life." And I was like, where are you located? Like, I'd like to, like, buy one. And uh, turns out he was, like, 30 minutes away. Like, I didn't even know that. But I was oh, like, yo, wow. I'll get in my car right now and come see you. And Mark was like, yeah, "Like, come by yourself. I don't want a bunch of, like, people coming with you. Because I was, like, a college kid, right? He was, just, he knew that. He was like, what are you, this guy's going to come down with a bunch of buddies. <laughs> and uh, I came down by myself and went and saw Mark. And he spent, like, two hours with me just going through the room and I like left and was just like, what, what did I just see? Like that was, and then I, I came home, did some research, researched it, researched it, researched it, called him back, bought some snakes away from there. What'd you start with? What'd you get from Mark? Uh, I got a caramel pinstripe and okay. some hat caramels and a pastel enchi, I think. Um, yeah, I spent like I spent more money than I should have. Like I was in college, I didn't have those kind of that kind of money to, to, to be thrown around. But uh, I was just like, dude, every bin, I'm like, how much is that thing? You know, like I want it all. And, and you know, like that's the time, like, like a super Mojave would have been like 
probably around about three grand range. Oh, so, wow. yeah, like they were pretty, there's still it's like some of the stuff, like, you know, I, I think I, I ended up not that day, but I ended up going back to Mark and buying a pastel Mojave hypo female. And I think she was three, 2,500 or three, which like, obviously has come down significantly since then, but, um, but yeah, and I, I just kind of had a fluke, maybe just what I liked looking at, but I was always like, my eye always went to like the recessive genes without, gotcha. without knowing that like the recessives are what carries the value and the recessives are like where the market's going. Not without like, without even like understanding that, it was just kind of like, I liked them right from the get go. And it was just, um, and then what happened is I, I, I went home and I showed that and it was like, we, we got talking and, uh, you know, he like, he likes the snakes. He likes all that stuff. So it was, uh, pretty natural thing and he's like yo like do you want to do you want to do this and i was like yeah fuck, let's do this and uh yeah man rest is history like it's and then it's just like boom 15 years later it's like whoa nice like, where'd the time go you know nice yeah it's so how did y'all come up with rcr and tell us about the meaning behind that um Really, it started off as we said we had like the old logo, which was like we we took from the so Royal Canadian is like a, a we have a lot of things like a, a lot of like legitimate organizations in Canada, like mainly government run stuff is, okay. is Royal Canadian, right? So it's like we have like the Royal Canadian Legion, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, the Royal Canadian Air Force, okay. the Royal Canadian, and that's like your like status of like official, like the, it's the gotcha. Royal Canadian, whatever, right? Gotcha. And uh, and then it kind of tied in because it's like also like the Royal Python. So we were kind of like the Royal, and it was just like Royal Canadian, Royal Python, and uh, and then went Royal Canadian Reptiles. And then like it, we used to just call it Royal Canadian Reptiles, Royal Canadian Reptiles, Royal Canadian Reptiles. But you say that a gazillion times, I'm like, RCR is so much easier. And uh, <laughs> and we went to RCR, like we're still like Royal Canadian Reptiles, but everybody just right. says RCR. RCR. I, just, I just say RCR. And uh, we went to that about probably six or seven years ago. And it kind of just like, we, we did a, a rebrand. Um, <laughs> Michael, <laughs> Matt, I got you, bro. I got you. Um, uh, but we did a, uh, like a, basically a, a rebrand, changed the logo to the, the one you see on my head. And that's sort of stuck for the last, uh, last little while here. Okay. Yeah. Man. So who all is it? So it's not just you, it's other uh, folks who own the business as well? Uh, no, so it's, I, I, dad, dad's busy with his own stuff. You know, he's a, he, he owns his own vet clinic. Um, he's, he's super busy. So him and I do this, like, basically it started off as just fun. It was just like a hobby. Okay. Um, there was no like real like business intent behind it. And it just kind of like grew into something over the years. And then, uh, you know, this would have been two years ago now. Uh, I actually left my full-time job and started doing this full-time. And nice. it's been, it's been great. Dad, yeah, I think it's just kind of like his little like spot to go in and just like, kind of like walk around and open up things. And just <laughs> Check out all the cool stuff. Half the time it's like, what, what, we have one of these? Like, when did we hatch that? I was like, dude, we hatched that four years ago. What do you mean? <laughs> like, oh, I didn't remember hatching that. It's just like, I think it's just like his, his, his fun thing. He's still, He's still thoroughly, 
thoroughly enjoys it. I think he honestly, I think he really likes the genetics aspect the most. Like the okay. like planning and like, okay, if you do take these this gene and we breed it over here, then we can produce something from this clutch that will tie into something that we produced three years ago. And it's like the like logistics and like the planning of all the the how to get to a specific spot the quickest with mm. with and not the quickest like like it comes out of the egg feed it five times a week get it breeded at 16 months like no not like that type of quickest like just like like having knowing that next year I hatch a male last year I take that male and I know that I'm gonna pair that male once it's an adult to a female that I ha- I already have so I know that I'm gonna do that pairing so this season I'll do a different pairing that 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 hopefully I can hit a boy out of that clutch and he can breed and they kind of like mature at the same time. Right. So like a female that I hatched this year and a male I hatched next year will both mature roughly around the same time. Um, she'll be three, she'll be two. And then generally they work, they work out pretty well. Gotcha. But just gotcha. that sort of, sort of logistics. Um, yeah. Gotcha. So about how many animals are you working with now? A lot. <laughs> uh i don't even know man we did about we're gonna do about probably 88 clutches this year um okay that's so I, yeah quite a bit quite <laughs> a bit I, I don't know the exact number somewhere in the 300 to 50 adult range something like that gotcha so i know like for me my routine fairly straightforward fairly simple i don't have nearly as many animals as you so what's your routine like like, how's that work? And then you also got the rats too. All day, every day, pretty much. That's the routine. This, this, we've been working. This summer's been crazy. We've been putting up a new building. Just yeah. Um, but uh, so this summer is the routine's been a little thrown off. But as a general rule, it's uh, oh, I spend most of my week on the phone chatting with people. Um, trying to like just figure out. Like we obviously have like a, a group of people that we help fairly closely and right. uh and yeah and I, i'll do i'll help them with like their you know what their collections looking like what i would recommend and as a way to you know take it to the next level or if you're trying to try to produce a specific thing or get to a specific point how quickly do you want to be there can you wait five years do you want it next year like i, I just kind of come up with strategies for people and how they can further their collection i suppose um so I do a lot of that. Uh, obviously, there's the the, the the animal care, the rodents, the just all that stuff. That's just almost second nature at this point. It's just kind of like I get up, have my coffee, over to the snake room. You know, it's just like that's just like what I do. It's like I go to work and I go into this the snake room and check for clutches, check for stuff, make sure everything's good. You know, just check, check. Just yeah. it, it just becomes like it's almost like you're married to it. You can't get away from it. Like you're it's such a big collection now that it's like, I, I have to be there. You know, it's like, it's, it's, it's even tough. Like I, 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 I kind of worry about like, can I go away for a week? Like, can I really go on vacation for a week? It's like, mm. like I can, but Do like, you have I really any employees want. or anybody that helps you with it? With yeah, we got a, we got an employee. We have a uh, Adam, um, fantastic guy. Uh, one of my like really good friend of mine, um, met him. He, he bought a snake from us. I just got a really good vibe when, when he came over. I was like, yo, I, does, I like trust this guy and I like this guy. And, uh, and I called him up out of the blue one day and was like, uh, I was like, Hey dude, you have any interest in helping us out? 
And he was like, are you kidding? Yeah, no problem. Hell yeah. <laughs> and uh, that, that was two and a half years ago. And he's not missed, not missed a single weekend except the weekend his kid was born. Oh, wow. Yeah, so yeah, like, dude, Oh, That's dude, but, yeah, like anything, any anything at all. Yeah, it's super, super, super good dude. Because it's hard to find yeah. good help these days. He's, he's coming <laughs> to Tinley with us, so we bring him, or we're, we'll bring him to Tinley. He's fa- fantastic guy. Everybody who, I, and I, he's bu- he's busy, right? So I'd love to get him. We have we have some some plans coming up. I'd love to get, I'd love to introduce him more as as part of our CR because he is a he is a part of it for sure. Gotcha, gotcha. That's what's up. So you was talking about the projects earlier, and I know you've been working on like double recessive, triple recessive projects for a little minute. So can you talk about how you structure your projects to make them more efficient, like get into like your holdback strategies? Just kind of go into a deep dive of that thought process and just kind of how you're thinking about that and planning that out. Yeah, it's tough. So I look at like if I know I'm going to be working a triple recessive, right? Let's We can pick a Desert Ghost Hypo Clown. Okay, we'll pick that one. Okay. So I know if I said to myself today, I know that's the route I want to go without, and again, it also depends on what you have already. Right. So it's easy for me to say, well, take the best clown male you have and breed it to a DG hypo. It's easy for me to say that because I can do that, but I understand a lot of people can't do that. So that's where it's like, I like to, for for me, it becomes much, much easier to do because I can say, well, if I'm going to do that project, Basically, what I try to do is for every triple, there, I think for every triple, there's eight different projects that spin off of it. There's four, uh, nine, I believe. No, seven. I don't even know what it is. Four, four singles, uh, four doubles, DG Hypo, DG Clown, Hypo Clown, DG Clown, right? Yeah, so I think it's four, four, and one. So I think there's nine, nine total projects that come off of uh, any three genes. No, sorry. Three, four. I think it's eight. I think it's eight. You have your three. I'm sorry. I'm just, yeah, I'll have to write it down. My head is just like, uh, hang on. I'll definitely have to write it down. But basically, if you take three, three genes, Clown, Hypo, and DG, right? You have those three projects that on their own, and then you have – the, all the doubles that come along with it. And then you have the single triple. True. Um, so basically what I try to do is I try and make sure that I have all of the double projects started. I know I'm going to, I know I'm working towards that triple. So if I have, let's say if it's DG hypo clown, I know I want to get to that triple, but I want to make sure I have some DG hypo stuff started. So I try and get some like hypo combo stuff and breed it into some DGs and get those double hats going. And, and now it's becoming easier to make like visual hats. Uh, quite a bit easier now because you can get a pretty good hypo combo that's het desert ghost breed to your combo desert ghost and you make combo dgs that are het hypo or vice versa but i want to i want to get the dg hypo stuff going i want to get the dg clown stuff going and i want to get the hypo clown stuff going right i want to get all those projects started so that once i get into that like triple territory i can Mm -hmm. take you know, if you have the DG, DG Hypo going, the DG Clown going, and the Hypo Clown going, once you land on that DG Hypo Clown, now it can just like, okay, I can come over here and make DG Hypo Het Clowns, DG Clown Het Hypos, Hypo Clown Het DGs, all with the same mail, and that project just goes like, whoosh. like it that just it sense. just explodes. Where that makes sense. 
it's crazy how fast it takes off if you've done that foundation work. And it, that a lot of things that I, a lot of times what I see is I see someone, well, not a lot of times, but they'll go and buy like, let's say they go and buy a triple recessive male then they bring it home and they're like, well, I don't have any of those projects really started or fleshed out. And yes, the triple male is a great male to have. Obviously no one's going to tell you that, oh, don't buy a triple recessive male. Like, it, of course it's amazing. But it's, uh, it's, I don't think you're using it to its like full potential. And I think that you'd be better off to take a step back a little bit and really build that like foundation, build that like bedrock for your collection where it's like, okay, I have my base now. Now I can go crazy with males. I've, and I'm not, I've bought my base. Like I've built my base, you know, and, everyone's going to do it slightly differently uh that's what we did and it i think it worked you don't know i don't know i don't know we make some cool stuff make a bunch of shit too you know that's just the name of the game see like for me spacing is a consideration right so i got yeah it's yeah i mean it's like that for everybody but different people have different spacing considerations for me so like right now we got this room and that's primarily where all of the snakes are um we got a few in some other rooms and then i got a space where if i need to utilize that space i can get like probably at least 200 more ball pythons like adult ball pythons but growing that big is a consideration for one just because of like time right so there's a time resource too right so you don't want to get too big too fast and not be able to like spend the amount of time and you don't want to get burnt out and all these different things but at the same time like Right now we're focusing on fire recessives, right? So clown is, is pretty much baseline throughout all of our projects. And then Good. DG Good. is like a close second. Uh and hypo. DJ and hypo is like a close second. And then ultra mill coming behind that. And then pied uh is probably the least. But those are the five recessives we're working with. And I feel like those are a lot of recessives that go well together. But yeah, to work all those projects, it takes like a lot of space, you know, you know what I mean? You got to hold back yeah. and stuff like that. So, so what are your thoughts on like how much to hold back and things of that nature? It, again, how much you hold back is totally dependent on how much, well, how much space you have and what the resources are like, right? You can't, I would never say to somebody like hold back this entire wall if you don't have the space to grow them out. Right. It just doesn't make sense. Um, it's, it's, it's tough to, to know what that, that's something I struggle with a lot. And it's, I know some people are going to laugh when I say like, I struggle with what to hold back, but it's true. Cause I, I get this reputation. Oh, he just keeps everything. And I, I do to an extent because like I am my best customer I'm breeding. I don't breed for everybody else. A lot of guys will breed for money clutches. That's totally fine. If that's what you want to do, knock yourself out. No, nothing, nothing wrong with it. But I don't breed that way because I've never had to do that. I've never really had to, I have to put these together because I know they're going to generate income. And so what I do is I breed, like I'm going to breed these together because I'm looking for something out of this clutch that I can take and put into my collection and further develop. And then the income comes from the stuff that I don't know, I no longer need. So let's, for example, I was, I, I'm trying, I, I tried this year to make some Wookiee Desert Ghost 100% heck clowns, right? I nice. wanted the Wookiee DD heck clowns. That was what I was looking for. Now, 
I hit some, but then I also hit some Wookiee double hat DG clowns. So I have my DG hat clowns that I was looking for, but the Wookiee double hat DG clowns are going to be for sale. And those are, are, are as much of money makers as most money clutches that I can put together anyway. So really strive to like make what you want to keep for yourself and sell your byproduct. And that is, that's sort of the, the, the model that we, we kind of ran with. It's like, it's every clutch is us first. I'm not producing clutches for other people. I don't, I don't take two clowns and bring them together and be like, well, I know I can sell all these clowns. Um, so everything that we produce is everything I try to produce. I'm always looking for something in that clutch. I'm not always going to get it. I may say, I'm breeding these together and I'm looking for this specific three gene combo in a female, right? That's what I really want. If I don't get that, so be it. The clutch is for sale, but uh, I'm always breeding stuff that I'm, I'm looking for. That makes sense. That made perfect sense. I've also heard you talk about like baselining um, specific genes, like throughout your clutch. Uh, like I know you do a lot of desert ghosts and you got DG pretty much running through everything. Right. Can you speak a little bit to that and the considerations and the pros of doing it that way? Uh, yeah, it makes, if you want to talk about triples, it makes it a lot easier to start hitting them because if you baseline a gene, so let's say you take clown and you run everything in your collection as visual clown or hat clown, or, you know, it's clown related. Well, mm -hmm. now when something comes up for sale, like a, I don't know, a DG hat clown, it's like, oh, I, I, I have to get this it ties into my collection so well that it makes no, it makes no sense not to have it, you know? And so when I, because it's a bit of a bigger collection, DG is definitely like a huge, huge portion of the collection, but it's becoming more so like there's a bunch of puzzle stuff there too. There's a lot of clown, like there's quite a bit of clown stuff. <laughs> um, so it's, it's funny because I can make, I can take a sunset het clown, right? Yeah, I'm going to pay for it. But I can take a male like that and put it to work right away in a meaningful way. I can put him into like really, really good clown combos right away. Well, once he's mature and breeding, obviously. But yeah. uh, but basically what it comes down to is once you've baseline and you've started working on those double recesses and you have those going, I can now take a DG hypo, bring it to a DG puzzle. Everything comes out DG. That's what I mean about baselining. Everything's DG, double head hypo puzzle. Now I can start putting those back together. And I'm one in four shot for DG hypos, one in four shot for DG puzzles, and I'm a one in 16 shot for the triple. And anything I can do to like lower those chances for that, like really, really, you know, the triples, the quads, anything I can do to like drop those odds a little bit, I'll do. Gotcha. Um, I want to get to the point where I'm not just like, and we're, we're getting really close. Uh, but I'm I'm trying to get to the point where I'm not just like producing a triple, like like it's a flash in the pan. Like you get like, oh, yeah, I made one triple in a season and then that was it. I want to get to the point where I'm producing 30, 40, 50 combinations of triple recessives per season. And that's uh, – that's we're, we're, we're making pretty good progress with that one. A lot of, lot of like we're getting into the point now where we're making like the double visual hats – so like a Desert Ghost Clown that's 100% hat pied, DG pieds that are 100% hat clown, the DG double hats, clown double hats, pied double hats. We're, we're, yeah, those are good animals to have. <laughs> yeah, that stuff's rolling. So um, 
So it's a matter of time now. Nice, nice. Yeah, I know that's one of the challenges that I have is uh, really kind of like projecting like what I'm gonna have in the next few years because a lot of it is dependent upon the odds. And so I just try to like think of like scenarios and kind of like what project I need in general. Want to yeah. happen. That's so what I, I do. Project what you want project, to happen. Like, I do the same thing. I project what I want to happen. I like okay. if I'm thinking of a pairing, it's like I I want this female out of that clutch, so I'm gonna pair for it. And because and I don't always get it. But when it's when you do get those, like you'll have like five or six different projects going at the same time, right? Depending mm-hmm. on how big your collection, you might have thirty going. But not all the projects are gonna like just fall. Like everything's gonna line up and it's gonna be perfect for you. But three or four of those projects might go exactly how you wanted it to go. You know, I can get the oh, man. DG Clown is a project we're so stacked in. I got so much of this stuff, and I still have a hard time making them. Now, part of that's because I take really long shot odds, but I still have a hard time making them. They're not like a super easy thing. I don't really necessarily do like DG Clown to double hats. I, I I use the DG Clowns to do other shit, and I use gotcha. the double hats and like a visual hat to to, to double hats. Um, but I have a hard, I still have a hard time making them. But the Desert Ghost Puzzle Project. Kind of just like we started it and I just went like, we can't miss. I Oh, my God. No. I can miss. So far, it's felt like we can't. Like every clutch that we've hatched with DG Puzzle, we've hit DG Puzzles, which is insane with the odds that, you know, we should be having. Right. Um, but then clutches with the other clutches, like with DG Clowns, where I should have three or four of them, uh, I'm getting none of them. And it's like, oh, come on. You know, that's just the name of the game. But that's uh, that's just – you know, I, I I knew I wanted to go DG Puzzle, and it just kind of like it all went very very well. Uh, DG Clowns one that's <sighs> it's a frustrating one. It's a frustrating one because they're there, they're there. There's like a I shouldn't say there's a pile of breeder females there that are in that project, and it's just like what, go. They like I, I bred them all this year, and like three went. And I was like, oh, come on. And then everything else that I didn't expect, that that was the stuff that I took this year and went. So it's almost like you have two seasons. Like I'll have, like you have, I run like 300 females and I'll do like 80, 90 clutches one year. But then the next year, like 30 of those same girls go and then another different 50 go. And then the same year, another 30 of the same and another 50 go. And so you're getting like a heavy year for, uh, I don't know, like, tri-stripe stuff and then a heavy year for clown stuff and then a heavy year for dg puzzle stuff and a heavy year for dg clown stuff it's like it's never like all of it went and i'm yeah. actually kind of glad that it doesn't all go because i'd be swimming in babies inundated in babies yeah <laughs> yeah just too much you know careful what you wish for i right? see a lot of new guys coming out i want to do 200 clutches i'm like dude good luck no way that's a lot that's a lot bro. no way man 100 is so many babies man if you yeah, get six, six, six is exactly 600 babies that's a that's, lot bro you think like that's not that bad that 100 clutches the rack behind those these v, uh sea serpent racks behind me uh the 88 clutches that we're gonna do is gonna take about 23 feet of wall just to, just to house the babies. That's a lot of babies, bro. Dude, it's a lot. It's a lot. A lot, lot of cleaning, like, a lot of feeding. That's a lot. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Tons. That's a lot. But, 
Yeah, I definitely advise, and I'm, I'm new. We've only been doing this like two years, but one of the things that I've learned is definitely take your time. Don't rush it. And we've grown we've grown fairly quickly, but 100 clutches is, is I couldn't do it it's a lot, right man. now. It's, That's a lot, bro. Yeah. That's what man asks, how many 55-40 per recessive? I go like a 55-40 per double recessive. Okay. And I'm trying to like not work as many single recessives anymore. I'm trying to like make everything instead of going puzzle, I want everything to be DG puzzle. Instead of going gotcha. clown, everything's DG clown, right? Obviously it's easier said than done. But that's what I work towards always. Gotcha. Gotcha. I try to at least. Yeah, so I know I, I remember hearing you say that uh the planning and logistics of the project is probably like one of your most favorite things about it. Why is that? It's like a big chess game. It's like a big like organization. It's like it, it reminds me of like playing like I don't even know. I can't even think of a good example. But it's like a I don't know. It's just the the logistics. I, I worked in logistics for a long time, so it was kind of okay. You know, this this truck has to be over here so that this this load can can pick up, and then by the time this guy gets here, this guy's empty. He picks up that load. He goes across. There's another guy waiting for him. He goes down. So it's like the the planning aspect, and uh, and it's like it's just like that. It's just a different. I, okay, if I pair these two snakes, hopefully I hit something that I like a male out of this. And it will tie into a female that I produced last year. And if that all goes well, next season, I'm going to pair these together. And these eggs should be hatching and they'll mature at the same time. And I'm looking, I'm trying to look like four to five years in advance. Um, but, uh, but yeah. Yeah. So Jeff got a question. He said, uh, what's your favorite project? If you can only choose one. Desert Ghost Puzzle. No question. DJ Puzzle. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I've got some, I've got, I've got some new hatches that I haven't shown off yet, and like, whoa, like, yeah, I'm, I, I am going full bore with that one. That's a good oh, one. nice, nice. Uh, DG plans a good one too. Um, What's up, Core? DG hypo as far as like a color palette. Um, if you just want like to do the color stuff, I'm gonna start to incorporate DG hypo into all the DG. Uh, like, I want my new base to be DG hypo. It was DG, and it's becoming dg hypo um and then obviously yeah Corey. i'm sorry bro try strike for sure try strike is a bit of a banger too man uh it's i i do like try strike quite a bit um but if i have to pick a project it's gonna be desert ghost puzzle nice nice yeah so do you see the genetic testing affecting your strategy in any kind of oh, way yeah. oh yeah oh so? yeah big time big time um yeah it'll change quite a bit it'll change quite a bit i actually uh, right here, I have a set of Sides paperwork. Get 100, 100 sheds to the lab. Um, so, yeah, we're we're on board with it. I don't like it personally. If I had to say, if I had a choice, I would say let's not do this and keep things the way it is. But because it's gonna, it's gonna create some disparity within the market for sure. Um, Can you speed it out a little bit? Yeah, I just don't know if it's a good thing. I don't know if it's like if is it, is it people only look at the good and I, I i love that mentality where it's like you know nothing can go wrong this is always great don't get me wrong. i love that optimism but that's just not realistic either i, I try and be like realistic look is there good that comes from it 100 percent, absolutely there is but is there negative that comes from it for sure there is all of a sudden 
you're going to, whether you like it or not, you are going to devalue stuff. The, 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 what, everyone's already like, oh my God, the prices are coming down. The price, it's going to speed up with genetic testing, like way, way faster. Because now I can, for example, I can now take the most loaded heck clown that I can possibly buy, right? I can, don't buy the visual. I don't, generally, I can get the better genes in the het than I can in the visual because it hasn't been made in the visual yet, but I can skip that step. So I can take the best possible het mail I have. And now I can go like, you know, we're actually, I can I'll give you an example. I have a male that we're, used, we're doing this with right now. He's a redhead, orange dream, yellow belly, leopard, enchi, Mojave, het clown. Nice. Male. I take that male and I breed it to a chocolate puzzle that's 100% head desert ghost, right? All of a sudden, I just take those sheds and test them, right? Snake one, two, three, four, five, six, test all those sheds. Oh, snake three, four, and five are double head uh, DG clown. Or, well, I guess they'd all be head puzzle as well. But uh, snake, so snake three, four, and five are double head puzzle clown. Okay, great. I have now put orange dream, yellow belly, redhead, enchi, leopard, chocolate into double hat puzzle clown, and then potentially into double hat DG puzzle as well, which you probably will. And right. some of them are going to be in triples. Some of them are going to be triple hat. Yeah. And if you, if you go out and you make a, you know, all of a sudden you're talking about like a orange dream, yellow belly, redhead, chocolate, spot nose triple hat dg puzzle clown you have literally skipped seven eight years to get to to normally make that animal it would uh it, it, it would take you like seven or eight years to get to the point where you have a chocolate dg puzzle the, the right genes in the clown male they're both adults you put them together now you have your triple hats your true triple hats Right. Before people could do it this way and take the chance. You just right. couldn't pick them out. The fact that we can now pick them out means that we've basically turned every single recessive gene into a codon. The, now we now there is no more like, uh, will that prove out? Send it shed in, find out if it will. It'll be a hundred percent or not. And what has been the vehicle of stability in the market over the last 10 years recessives why because they weren't easy to make right that was the thing you needed to have the visual breed it into something make your heads grow those up then try the odds right what happens with codons right what happens with those incomplete genes incomplete dominant genes the prices come down on those significantly quickly what right. was our way of keeping value on those incomplete dominance. Get it into a recessive. You take stranger, right. okay, put it into clown. Now it's going to hold its value. But if you just hold stranger on its own, yeah, of course, it's, that's, that's gonna come down. All of a sudden, you've just done that exact same thing with recessives. Now, that's a good they, still point. Great. Map, they still have to map all the recessives. So they still have to map your sunset, your monsoon, your this, your that, your that. But the second they do, well, I, I, I hate to say it, but why would I buy a visual anymore? I'll buy the best het rather than the, the, the best visual. No, obviously the visual always gives you hats. You right. don't have to worry about it. 
But a really if you're trying to hit visual, you increase your odds. A really good hat can do equally as much. It can do 50%. Like, you know that everybody here who breeds has taken a pastel and bred it to an Angie, and seven out of the eight babies are pastel combos or pastels, right? The same thing can happen with het clowns. Not always, but it can. But it can, yeah. And so you can get those clutches where you use a het clown and you breed it to a DG Pied, you're your best, best, best hat clown male and breed it to a DG pied. And now you're into triple hats or you breed it to a DG hat pied and test for pied and clown. You know, it, you can really, really start to. And I, I think people are going to get a little bit uh, discouraged. Um, and I'm not doom and gloom on this. I think there's lots of benefit that comes from it. It, it will weed out some shady characters. It will, uh, that there, there is a lot of benefit. Projects will move quicker. Um, we will get to see a lot cooler stuff. Not that we're having any issue making cool stuff these days. I don't right. know why we're trying to rush it. But uh, it's just going to speed things up. And when you speed things up, you speed up the bad parts too. And everybody here, I know everybody here, always, you know, you go on more from market, man, that, pro- that combo's come down a lot in price. That's gonna come up. That's gonna happen about forty percent quicker now with genetic testing. My opinion, yet to be seen. Gotcha. So, speak to some of the good things you think about genetic testing and how it'll help. Oh, I mean, as far as project building goes, it'll help tremendously. Like tremendously. I, I you know, I take this high. I, I have, I have been fairly vocal about. I don't like it. I don't think it's a good thing for longevity in the industry. Um, however, it's happening whether I like it or not. So join right. them or get left behind type of, yeah, that's, type of reality. You yeah, got to do it. feel about it now. You got to be doing like, it. It's get just down or lay down. Yeah, it's just the way it goes. So the second it was like, this is available, I immediately applied for sightings. I was like, yep, yeah, 100%, let's go. And I've collected, dude, I have a stack of sheds this high. Uh, like I have one right here actually from a, from uh, some babies back here. And this is from a uh, hurricane clown, 100% het genetic stripe, 50, 66% het desert ghost. If it proves het desert ghost, that's a, that's a very, very valuable animal. Yeah. It, so, yes, that's it will definitely help. A keeper. <laughs> because, and where it's going to help the most is going to be on your males. Your females, not, not quite as much, but your males, it'll significantly speed things up. If I hatch a... Here's an example. I hatch a desert ghost pied, 50% het clown male. Do I go through and I breed that boy to my best DG clowns and my best DG het clowns and clown het DGs? I don't know. I don't know if I do because I'm sort of like, well, I would generally, he's a DG pied, but he's only pos het clown. So do I really risk all my best DG clown stuff? Probably not. I'm probably going to do like maybe one or two trial breedings. I'd be like, oh, is he hat or is he not? Maybe try him on some like some different clown stuff I have kicking around. Try it. Oh, he proved that clown. Okay, next year I'm gonna use him heavily. But now I can just go like the second he the second he comes out of the egg, separate him, he sheds out into his own bin, take a little trimming in his shed, send it in. Is he hat clown or is he not? He's a DG pied hundred percent hat clown. He's going to the best of the best DG clown stuff. That's what I mean about speeding things up. Yeah. That 100%. all of a sudden has just I don't have to do a trial breeding. It's like immediately I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll full bore ahead. And I think so you, a lot of people think that it's going to help 
but what it's going to really help is like big collections. It's going to really, really like it, it, it's going to be um, like stupid helpful too too helpful. Honestly, do you plan on testing potential holdbacks only or are you going to test ones that's available for sale as well that you know you're going to sell regardless? Uh, probably not most. It, it depends. It depends. So it will differentiate certain things about what will be holdbacks and what will not. A DG Pied 50% hat clown might not be a holdback. Right now, it's for sure a holdback. But I'm only holding it back because there's a possibility of it being hat clown. Now, all of a sudden, I can test it. It's hat clown or it's not hat clown. If it's hat clown, for sure it's, it's a holdback. If it's not, it's for sale. The other thing I think it really kind of, I think it strips the magic, the fun, like that, like, bro, proving stuff out is fucking awesome. It's just dope. Like, it's just sick. When you're like, I hope it proves out, day 54, is it going to prove out, day 55, you're peeking in, you're peeking in, boom, is a clown head. You're like, yo, it fucking proves sick. What else is in the clutch? You know, that's exciting. That's fun. Yeah. That's like what people going. And it takes that part away. It's not as it's not I shouldn't say it's not exciting, but it's not as exciting when it's like you know it's hat. You know it's it, there's still excitement there. Like, did I hit the odds? But you know that it's hat, or you know it's not. But so one of the things I think it's gonna kind of suck that magic out. The other thing that's gonna kind of suck about it is people aren't gonna be able to get as good of a like, you're not going to be able to take the chance on shit anymore. You know, I might have a DG clown that's 50% hat pied, where I already have the DG clown that's hat pied, and I might have a DG clown that's pos hat pied that I mark up slightly more than a DG clown, and somebody takes the chance on it. And somebody proves it out and gets a huge win, right? A massive, right. massive win. Not anymore. Right. It's DG clown or it's DG clown or not. It, like, and I'm going to test those. Why wouldn't I? Everybody else is going to, too. You know? And so I kind of think it pulls some of that. Like, the the, the 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 newer guys, the guys who aren't on the giant budget, the guys who are just, like, really, like, you know, like, putting some sweat equity into it. And, like, you know, they're they're busting their ass to, to save up to buy something like that. And they want to buy a clown pie that's 66% had hypo. And they have some hypo head clowns at home. And they're, like, really hoping it proves... That shit doesn't exist anymore with genetic testing. Well, I shouldn't say it doesn't. Some people might. Some people might just say I'm not doing it and there's still 66s. But that person's going to buy that snake and then test it right away. Right. The, the magic of the proving out is I, I just worry that if that goes, man, I'll still keep doing it, obviously. I love it. But it's yeah. – I may choose It's definitely not, a different way to look at it. It's a great I point. I want to not do it. My, that's what my heart says. Like, I, I want to not do it, but I have to to remain competitive. And that's the kind of shit that I'm not, like, super thrilled about. It's like, man, yeah. can't we just, like, why we got to, like, fuck up a good thing? Why <laughs> we got to do something that's already so dope? Like, look at what you're, look at what you're, the shit that you're hatching out and making. Why do we got to speed it up even more? You know? Yeah. We already play with nature too much. Let's just, like, Pump the brakes a little bit, huh? Yeah. Now, with that said, I'm sending in 100 sheds because I have to. You got to, though, to, at this point. And that's, get down I mean. later. 
that's it. And I'm not like super like pumped about that. However, all of that doesn't fucking matter because it's happening one way or another. So my opinion on whether it's good or bad doesn't really matter because it's happening. So get on board, basically. Yeah, 100%. All right, so let's talk about leadership a little bit. Like for me, I feel like anybody can lead, right? Whatever point you at, whether you're big, small, new, um, old or whatever, you can lead in some capacity, you can follow in some capacity. Do you feel an added responsibility kind of given your size and kind of stature in the industry? Do you feel an added responsibility to lead and give back? Uh, not really. Not really. I, I Maybe it's just like a, a I don't feel like I, I necessarily lead all that well. I just kind of do my own thing and if people like what I'm doing, then they follow along. You know, it's I'm not going to change who I am at the end of the day, I think there's a lot of like, a lot of ego comes into this. Like, oh, I hashed a fancy colored snake. Like, cool, man. Who gives a shit? <laughs> we're all like, hey, we're all just guys that like like to keep snakes, or like guys and gals that like to keep snakes, and uh, and you know, we 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 breed ball pythons. Like at the end of the day, we're not doing anything like super crazy here. So the this whole like influencer and all that. I, I, I just kind of like, yeah, you that's for you guys. I'm going <laughs> to keep making this stuff and working with the people, the people that I work with closely and, and helping those guys. And, you know, I can only help so many people and uh, I've got it. We've got a pretty good group. We do some live streams every night, every Tuesday night. And we just, uh, just, just, you know, enjoy it and, and try and I, I like to hear what everybody else is doing, but I spend 90% of my time with, the, the, the people that I know are like interested in what's actually happening. Gotcha. Gotcha. So that's kind of, that's the thought process you went into when you started the Patreon. Um... Uh, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, <laughs> Nixon, here's the, this is, here's the catch 22 though. You look forward. I have some sunsets, possible hat clown. I'd love to find out if they're hat. Yes, you do, but you shouldn't have to. You shouldn't, you shouldn't, not you shouldn't have to, you shouldn't be able to, you should be able to prove those out and be even more pumped when it happens because the difference in value can make a huge improvement on your collection. Absolutely. But it's doing the same thing with everybody else's. So it's not actually, you know, everybody else's is doing that too. It's got everyone else's is popping up, propping up, propping up, propping up. Why are we in such a rush to find out i get it i do trust me i have so many snakes i'm like oh dude if that proves that dg holy shit i compare this to it this to it i get that feeling i totally understand it but proving it out is way 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 better for the market like way better for the market yeah that makes sense that made perfect sense uh it's a good comment here. Uh, becoming less hobby and more business. Yeah, man. It's just like it's starting to feel like you got to be like a Costco, man. It's just like you have a, like an R and D department, and you have this and an <laughs> HR department. It's like, man, no, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I shouldn't speak on that. I it is what it is. Uh, it's not good. I would. I would. I want someone to take me out back and beat the shit out of me. No. Way. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, that's one of the things I noticed about your Patreon. Like, it's super laid back. I enjoy the conversations on Tuesday, even when I can't, like, come on video. Um, usually I'm, like, feeding rats or coming home from work or something like that. Not feeding rats, but feeding, feeding snakes, rats, or coming home from work or something like that. So I just cut the Zoom on and just listen in. But it's real laid back, like a real cool just kind of like hanging with the guys kind of i'm like, glad you enjoy it yeah, it's just like a tuesday night like hang out like kick it you know see what's see what everybody happened for the week see what's going on you know just it's just become it's become fun it's just like i i enjoy it i love it i actually look forward to tuesday nights i'm like it's like you know i'll be doing something I'm like oh shit it's two, it's two hours like let's go i like i yeah. like it I mean, it's, it's 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 fun um so yeah it's it's, it's good shit i know i learned a ton just listening in What's that? I said I learned a ton just listening in. It's dope. Yeah, good. I'm glad to hear that. It's it's you know there some of the sometimes the conversations go like totally left field. <laughs> totally, I don't even know what we're talking about. So, but uh, but yeah, no, it's just a good group of guys, and then you know we all meet up at shows, go out for dinner, just like yeah, it's just it's it, it is what it is. Everyone, I like that everybody else is like I don't have to necessarily be there every single day. It's just like you create this like group of guys, and then they're working with each other and doing trades with each other and loans and buying off each other. And it's like this whole, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. I like I was one tier, everybody on the same level is dope. Yeah. That was one thing I wanted to do right off the bat. I knew that I did. Uh, I shouldn't say anything. Everybody else has <laughs> the tears. <but laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, we'll get you in trouble. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just going to keep my mouth shut on that one. Good I just wanted everybody to just like, look, I wanted it. It, it, it was priced enough to keep like the the riffraff and garbage not garbage but the, the the bullshit out of it and the it was priced low enough that most people everybody can can swing it and uh and anything that you put into it comes off of a snake purchase if you decide to do that so um you get it all back anyway but it's just a yeah i didn't i wanted everybody to be on the same level no special treatment no nothing um a couple of the guys driving nuts but uh, I, I still love them, they're great. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of learning from people, uh, who were some of your mentors and what was like some game-changing things that they taught you? Oh, man. Uh, Mark Manick would be definitely one of them. He helped us out a lot. Ralph Davis, for sure, helped me out a lot, um, which was weird. I had a lot of guys said, like, Ralph wouldn't talk to them. Ralph was very cold. And with us, he was just very, like, he was like, he has like a hard nosed approach to things, but he, he, he was very helpful when we had questions and when we had anything arise, we were like, Hey, you ever seen this? It's like, of course, Ralph's seen it. He's bred fucking hundreds and hundreds. Of <laughs> He's seen everything, you know? Um, so, uh, so yeah, it's, uh, it's just one of those things that, uh, yeah, my bad. Yeah. It's brutal. That drives me nuts. No, it's not you, girl. <laughs> Some of them are like, it's Dorian, for sure. <laughs> Dorian, but, funny as hell. Uh, yeah, Mark, Mark Manick was definitely one of them. Uh, really, he helped out a lot. And then, honestly, like, guys, like, like you know, like, it didn't have to be – I learned a lot from guys that sort of were on, like, kind of like I was the same, like, playing field as us. We were, I was never on the same, like, playing field as Mark Manick, especially way back then. And then, you know, so some of the guys that were, like, coming up in the industry with us. Like uh, I saw them as like peers instead of like an industry leader. And, uh, and yeah, I like some of those guys was like, Hey, did you have anything happen like this this year? Oh yeah, I had this. And like, we just kind of like bounced ideas back and forth on each other. And uh, yeah, it was just, 
lots of lots, lots of help. And then honestly, I gotta give credit to just like our perseverance. Our perseverance. Um, no matter how many how much people are gonna tell you, oh yeah, this can happen, this can happen, that can happen. You don't believe it until it happens. And then like and and there's just shit that just arises that you just don't expect. You know, you have you have a season where you run a little hot and you huge tons of amounts of sluggish. You know, you're just like, oh my god, there goes a whole season. Luckily, we've never had entire season slugouts, but we've had snakes slug out. We've had incubator issues. We've had, and it's just like the stuff that you almost like. I wish I could teach people how to go through, how to like avoid it, but it's almost like they have to go through it to learn it. You know, it's kind of like I can teach somebody how to. I don't know. I, I I can sit here and explain to you how to fix an engine. But you have to almost like get under the hood and fix the engine to really understand how to fix right. that engine. Right? You almost 100%. just need that like you need that practical experience. And uh I think that's just sticking it out. There was dude, there were so many times I was like, man, we're just gonna quit. Like, fuck this, we're gonna quit. And uh what kept you going? And, what's that? What kept you going? It was still fun. It was still fun, even if I like shut my phone off, disable the website, turn my emails off, completely go dark. I would still have fun by myself just doing what I'm doing and hatching out. Oh, wow. Look at this one. This one's crazy. I'm going to keep this one. You know, I would still have fun doing that. So you kind of went underground for a minute, didn't you? I did. Yeah, man. There was just so much online bullshit. And, and it was just like, it was forums, man. Keyboard warriors, like, oh, like, hiding behind some alias just talking shit and just like dude you're a grown-ass man bitching about us disagreeing about two different shades of yellow on a snake like give your <laughs> and uh and yeah it just like it was just like oh my god like this is ridiculous the, the, I, I just felt like the whole like community i was like i can't i don't want to be part of this you guys are nuts and uh and then i kind of just was like you know what I still enjoy doing this. I just like just stopped, just basically shut everything down and kept doing it. The thing that happened was it, I kept breeding. That was the trick. If I had to stop breeding, it's all over, but you kept breeding and kept pushing projects forward because we knew we wanted to see certain things. And I kept in touch with the guys that I was like homies with and guys I was close with, but just like posting publicly doing YouTube videos. I didn't have, I was like, man, eh, it's not for me. And, uh, and I totally understand the the value of it and youtube will be back there's absolutely that's in the works um nice just waiting for something to waiting to get this building done and then we'll do a full unveiling show you guys everything that's hatched all year so there'll be lots of content coming but uh it was was just at that time and i was just i just it didn't it wasn't the the vibe i was looking for and uh so we just went kind of kind of just went dark kept breeding and then when we came back up everybody thought we were Dude, the guys who had, it was funny, the guys who had uh, come into the industry while we were dark, and then all of a sudden we started posting the light, they're like, where the fuck did this guy come from? Who is this guy? And, uh, <laughs> this? That's how I met Khalil. He's like, dude, how do you have this, like, it was, this was in like 2016, and it was like leopard, whatever, whatever, double hat DG clowns. He's like, how do you have these already? And I was like, what do you, I've had DGs for eight years already. And, and he was like, you've had snakes for eight years? I thought you just got snakes last year. 
no, dude, not even close. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was just like I had to re-explain who we were and the whole thing over and over again. But uh, that's how I feel like when I see some shit that Levance got. It's like, how oh, do dude, that guy hides stuff. Only if you like, have it, you breed it, bro. He's he's like crazy for that. I'll like message him and be like, hey, thinking about starting this DG Clown project. What do you think? Here's thirty five hundred gram female. What? How old is that fucking thing, dude? Yeah, Levance is great. I like that. I like him a lot. He's a funny guy. He's quiet, right? He doesn't. He doesn't yeah. say much. But he doesn't have to. He just animals speak for himself. I don't need to talk. When just look at the table, you know, that's it. And I, I walk by his table every year at Tilly. I'm like, fuck. Like, god damn, bro. It's nice. It's nice stuff. And yeah, uh, yeah man, Levance is a great guy. Great guy. Yeah. And so this is kind of a related question. So you've been in the game for a minute. What's like the biggest changes you've noticed uh, the whole time you've been in the hobby? Um, give us the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, I mean, obviously, there's the, the the impact social media has had. Can't can't downplay the the impact that it's had on the industry. It's been huge. Um, some of it bad, some of it great. Um, I would say majority great. I get now to reach out to all the people that I talk to on a daily basis. I work with all those, all those people consistently. And I do that because of social media, not because of, um, not because of anything, anything else. Right. But then there's also the aspect of the, the online, everybody knows that there's Facebook trolls and all, all that. Yeah, social, right? yeah. that there's this scamming oh, the drama and, and the drama and all that shit. And like social media like amplifies that, right? I hear about drama that's happening in San Antonio. It's like, what the fuck? How am I involved in this? Like, you know what I mean? And uh and it's just yeah, it's just, it's just like all of a sudden you can connect with everybody all the time. And that's sometimes not always the best thing either. But for the most part, I would say that is a that is a good thing. Um, yeah, I would say that's a, that, that's a good thing because like, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be chatting with you. I wouldn't know half the people in this chat if it wasn't for social media and like, you know, YouTube lives, and then they reach out, we get right. talking and some of them are like homies, bro. Like we're just like, we talk, some of them are talking every day and right. it's just like, yeah, like it's, yeah. Yeah. That's definitely uh, one of the good parts. What about yeah. some, has anything changed for the worse or? I mean, yeah, obviously there's there's just like the drama of every seeing everything all the time. Um, there's also the the aspect of uh, like the, obviously I'm not a big like like counting followers and how many subscribers I have, and it's almost felt like like people don't take you seriously unless it's like oh how many YouTube subscribers does he have? How many? Instagram. Oh, you only have five thousand. I have twenty thousand. Like, get <laughs> you know, like it. Uh, it just like, come on, man. Like, it's just one of those things. I, yeah, I, I don't love the, the like peacocking because I have a whole bunch of followers. It's like, dude, you, I post pictures of snakes. Well, it's not me <laughs> following. It's the it's the snakes that they're looking at. You know, I I right. appreciate everybody that does follow along with what we're doing, but. It's, uh, it's just, it sucks. It sucks. You know, I, I don't like that some guys who have amazing fucking collections and are great, great guys, but don't have the time to 
developing it to be putting out YouTube videos and doing this. Like, it just feels like it's like this popularity. Like, yeah, it makes it true, dude. Like, it's a popularity contest, and you're you you ain't shit unless you have a bunch of followers. Like, that, I don't subscribe to that model at all. Like, at all. It's not me. So, same. That man, part same I, I'm not super a super fan of. Um, Some of the people with like the dopest collections that I've seen. They don't have a big social media following. stuff. Like, besides your giant breeders. Like, obviously, you have your, like, your JKRs, Aussies, those guys. But besides yeah. those guys, um, they're, most of the guys with, like, the, the dopest collections are kind of low-key. Yeah. Like, they're just, like, they do it because they love it. And they really, when you love it, you you develop some dope stuff. Like, you make some really sick stuff, you know? Yeah. And they, like, they work with what they like. It's, it's like, this, it's great. And yeah, Matt, you're hundred percent right. Like that, I wouldn't know half the people that I talk to on a day to day basis without social media. So it's fantastic for for networking. But I I just think that this like uh, I I just think that this whole like you got to have a hundred thousand followers to be anybody. It's just bullshit. It's just like no, you don't, man. <laughs> you don't need any followers. If you got cool stuff and we see eye to eye, we're good. Like that's it. You know? <laughs> Yeah, that's definitely been the biggest benefit for me, though, is uh, networking, right? For sure. The people, for sure. I mean, like you said, when I had a chance to talk to you, pretty much everybody who I talk to, I know them through social media, right? And so that's been the biggest thing. It's just like getting to meet people and, you know what I'm saying, you, you naturally connect with people who you have stuff in common with. And that dynamic don't change, whether it's social media, whether it's in person, you're going to kind of like gravitate towards the folks that you got a good connection with. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I understand as a business wanting to get more reach. I, I totally get that. We're I'm full time. This is my livelihood. It's I, I, I want the reach. I want to, to reach out to as many people and show as many people what we're doing. But I don't think you should be judged based on. I, I don't know. Some people are that way. Some people aren't. I think most people totally get it. Um, I, I, so, I don't subscribe to like, oh, follow me. I'll follow you and this and that. I just, man, I, I, I don't know. I just, uh, it's just not my thing. The, the, the whole social media thing has become so, uh, like it's a, it's a, it's a beast of its own. It's not about the snakes. It's about how many followers can I get? How quickly can I get them? How, like, and I get Eating it. The algorithm, that, all that shit. Yeah, exactly. When, see, when you start talking to me about like, oh, the Instagram algorithm, I'm just like, okay, like my eyes glaze over. I'm like, you lost me, dude. Like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I don't care what their algorithm does. I don't give a shit. I just want to make cool shit, show it to the people that I know are following along. And as a general rule, by six months from now, this the, all these racks will be empty and I'll be completely sold out anyway. So how much more of a reach do I? I can't supply the people that want to buy this shit already. So I don't need more reach. It's kind of a... Yeah. That's not a bad problem to have, to not be able to keep anything on the shelves. I, I mean, it doesn't... It's not every single time, like every single bin, you post something, it's like gone, gone, gone. Obviously, that's unrealistic. That, but every business is like that, right? If I was selling these, these Yetis, I wouldn't I, I, like you put thirty of these on the shelf. You're not gonna move every single one every single day, you know? It's just right. So, just have realistic expectations with this. Gotcha. So, all things considered, uh, where do you see the market going or the industry going in the next five, ten, fifteen years? I can't see anything but going up. Like I, I don't know. I'm very optimistic. 
I think there's some downside for sure as some some stuff coming. Oddly, like obviously the the economy takes its takes its toll, right? Right. A bad economy, it's not good for anybody, right? Nobody. Well, I mean, yes, very slim few people do well in a bad economy, but a bad economy isn't like a great thing for ball python breeders. Let's be let's be totally serious. Um, now I will say that the higher end spectrum that you get to those move the fastest for, for us for sure the the, the high, highest end animals we produce every single year those will sell same day if i post it say it's available someone's going to message me and we're going to make a deal um but in a, in a in a down economy you're like you're what people call like your bread and butter stuff your your, your clown combos your pie combos that sort of thing i i think those definitely the the Look, when people can't afford to buy to pay their mortgage, buying a five thousand dollar snake is generally not in the cards, right? Right. And I think throughout COVID, uh, it, we had a huge boom of people getting into it because everybody had money and everybody was off of work and everybody was, "What are we doing? Let's get some like what? They, oh, this looks cool. We can breed these and make a bunch of money." Everybody was thinking that way. Um, so I, I don't think. Uh, I think you're going to see a bunch of people get out over the next couple of years. Um, people get in when the times are super easy. Like the last three years, man, you could have put a normal up for sale and it was sold. You know, like you could sell anything, man. I could, I could have sold sheds last year. Like it was <laughs> ridiculous. And, uh, and, uh, and then it's slowing down, obviously. Like I'm sure everybody, nobody wants to hear that, but it's the reality. The economy slows down. So do the sales of, of ballpikes. I'm not Ooh. saying, oh my God, market's crashing. Everything's done. But we had this like exponential spike in the market and this like prices went through the friggin' roof. And now they're coming back down to where they originally were, where they had been for the last eight years. They had been that way. COVID happened. Boom. Prices went up. They, they're, they're starting to come back down to where they should have been the whole time. And, uh, and, and yeah, I think it's just gonna, that's a natural swing of the market you have a massive boom of people you also have that come down you yeah, know market and correction they, now the market does this all the time right it's all the time you know it's it's nothing I, I i lose sleep over it's nothing i worry about i know that yeah sure your eight thousand dollar clown is now a five thousand dollar clown well breed them breed them you're still stupid profitable with the thing like stupid yeah. profitable with the thing, yeah. You know, really good, good, good clutch, and it's insane. Um, you know, I mean, let's be serious. Desert ghosts went from six hundred dollars. That's what people were paying for DGs four years ago. Six hundred bucks for females. To I wish could have got some of those. Yeah, <laughs> dude, I was, I, I was selling pastel OD DGs four years ago for like eight nine hundred dollars. Females? And yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden I went on work market one day and people were like, somebody messaged me. He's like, your DGs are way too cheap. And I was like, what do you mean? They've been the same price for fucking eight years. How are they too cheap? And, and I got, <laughs> I don't have any more actually. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, uh, I went on work market one day and desert ghosts for plain desert ghosts for $2,500. I was like, where have I been? And I was just like, okay, I guess that's the price. I, I don't set them. I don't 
I don't try to undercut the market, but I also don't try to set the market price. Unless True. I'm the only person with it, then I guess I will. But um, but yeah, DG Clowns got hot. The, 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 the Desert Ghost market just went through the roof. And, people start uh, saying like how well DG aged and, and how yeah, well people started to good catch in, on, combos. Right? And, uh, and yeah, and the guys who I guess who were sitting on a bunch of them did very well. I didn't capitalize on that DG boom very much because I was still holding it back from my projects. Yeah. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't like go crazy selling Desert Ghosts. I can ask anybody who got a DG last year. Very few people. Very, very few people. Um, so I didn't, I didn't like try and capitalize on that at all. But I just was sort of sitting there like, how are these that much all of a sudden? And they're just, they're going to come back down. They may not come back down to 600, but they're going to come back down to a more reasonable price for that specific combo. And uh, yeah, I mean, there was just a boom in buying. When there's a boom in buying, when, when the demand supersedes the supply, prices go up. When this, and then supply is going to start to supersede the demand. And then the prices will start to, to fall. Just... When you have a boom of people getting in and there's only a finite amount of animals produced every year, people want those animals and they, they sell, you know? No, no, they was cutting like stimulus checks left and right. So everybody had that extra cash. Oh, well, you're tripping. You're tripping, dude. You're not right. Lace, Lace puzzles, puzzles over puzzles. puzzles. I have nah. them both. So here's, it's not true. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously it's circumstance dependent. But just kind of like generally speaking, you got any advice for a new breeder getting into the game right now, uh, given the market slowdown? Sorry, say that again. So uh, you got any advice for like a, a new person getting into the game right now, given the market slowdown? Uh, yeah, I mean, just like buy what you like. That's really what it comes down to. Always, regardless of what the market's doing, regardless of trying to time being, what time to be in the project, when to get in, when to exit, work with what you like working with. If you do that, you will be successful. For sure. No question. True. So what's next for Royal Canadian Reptiles? What we got? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Honestly, just... Hatch out more babies, get them going. <laughs> so I know you got the new building coming. You got the new building, yeah, got the new building coming, coming up. You got YouTube coming up. Yeah, we got some of that stuff coming along. That's that's definitely coming. Uh, building should be done. I'm gonna guess about three weeks. I'm, that's my okay. Hope. Okay. Um, that's my hope. I mean, there's always delays, so it might be might be six weeks. I don't know, but uh, we'll be in there. We'll be in there soon, and and then we can start to. Start to really show you guys what's what's behind us. There's some some cool stuff, some cool stuff that I haven't really shown off, and I want to get some size on it. I want to let it grow a little bit, and then uh, we're gonna probably unveil sort of like a new YouTube channel, um, the same channel but just a new style uh, okay. of doing videos. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, I know the cheat code for keeping that orange. Well, it's hypo, hundred percent. Hypo like, is so slow. DG DG hypo with with OD in it, bro. It's it's insane. It's insane. They, I, I know what he's saying. The Desert Ghost when you when you add an Orange Dream Desert Ghost, it does put like a yellowish kind of wash on it as they grow. Um, but you you start to like you start to add hypo on there, pff, dude. Look out, look out. Now people like 
it's obscene how nice they are. It, it's it's honestly like it it, it fucks with me. Like, I open, I'm like that should be real. I want this everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Hypo does a does a lot. I, f- I feel like a lot more people working with Hypo now and not sleeping on it. I know. I got great. It. I'm raging, and it's been super honest. I regret. I moved all my Hypo stuff years ago. All oh, work. I kept a I kept I kept a couple. I kept a handful of stuff. Um, but I moved a whole pile of it, and uh, I I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have. I should have kept a bunch. Now I moved them out for DGs, so I don't really regret doing it. But uh, but yeah, yeah. It's uh, I saw some Cypress OD clown combos. I've seen quite a few lately, oh, insane, right? and I feel like Cypress OD hypo clown combos would be super nice. Yeah. Oh, dude, Cypress super OD clown combos. You seen uh, that one from Aldi? Yeah. Black pastel. Uh, it was like a black pastel super od cypress clown it's like it was, I, I commented on this thing and I, I stand by it it was a it was probably um may may that i hatched and i okay. when he posted it i was like yo that's snake of the year and it's like may like a, like how and i still stand by it i haven't seen somebody make anything as cool but that's been my favorite snake of the year it was like a black pastel super od cypress Yellow belly clown or something like that. It was okay. I think I might have saw that. I thought you were like a hypo clown version of it. But yeah, yeah, something like that. Hypo clown. Oh Oh, yeah, hypo. They can make that like hypo DG, bro. It's just come on. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's gonna be so. Yeah, Cypress doing a lot of sick stuff in the clown combos. I like it a lot. And then just throwing a hypo in there. That's dope. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing I can recommend to people is to not get so hung up on flavor of the week that's if you do that bro you're always chasing always chasing um it's 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 just it doesn't work so right now the hottest like the i would say the hottest gene out there is lace the guys who understood that the guys who like really got that had lace five years ago right i've been i've been working with lace now for like four or five years and all of a sudden, everyone's like, lace, 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 lace. I need lace. And I'm like, guys, they were so cheap like two years ago. Nobody wanted them. Nobody wanted a fucking lace combo. Then all of a sudden, people are like, I need lace. And you got to just like stick, work with shit that you like and make something cool with it. But stop doing this like, like, I, I can st- I guess like, oh, spider's great gene. Everyone wants spider again. Why? No. Do you like spider? If you do, I, there's some reasons why I would say maybe not base your collection around spider, but yeah, 100%. If, if it, what makes you happy, do it, but stop chasing. Then the industry is in this like frenzy. Like then what's the next gene? What's the next gene? And it's like, dude, you haven't done anything with the genes you have. <laughs> have you seen that cosmos <laughs> stuff? Yeah, it's great. It's fantastic, and I'm super pumped for Ralph. He made some wicked, wicked stuff. But, you know, would I love to add that to my collection? Absolutely, I'll add it in. But what? It, it's not going to be my focus. You know, I will I will add it in, and I will do what I do with that. When I bring that in, it'll end up in the clown stuff, end up in DG clown stuff, DG hypo clown, DG hypo puzzle, DG puzzle. Like, that's the route it'll take through my collection. 
instead of trying to bring one in and just crank out a gazillion of them. Um, right. You know, it's uh, and that's how you protect the project too. Content, I feel like. like a lot of the the majority of the market's fairly fairly new, new newish, um, sub. But lots of the market is is new, and a lot of the buying portion of the market is new, and uh, and I think that they just get hung up on like, oh, I gotta have this, and I gotta have this, and I gotta have this, instead of like, I really like working with these, I really like the look of this, and I'm gonna continue. To, I'm gonna. This is the route I want to go. Do what you enjoy doing, and you will be successful. I promise you. You chase and chase and chase and chase. And you're going to always feel like you're just barely keeping your head above water. That's great advice. That's great advice. I know for me, um, I plan on sticking in these same recessive projects. I see other stuff that I like, but I, I just don't want to expand out them. At least not right now. That's how I feel. just want to stick with working what I'm working, working with the baseline genes we got going and combining that and just doing more with those and, and leveraging sure. those to their fullest capacity. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right, bro. So um, before we let you get out of here and enjoy the rest of your night, I got a few random questions uh, for you that I always ask everybody. So I'll start with this one. So if you could live anywhere in the world, where would that be and why? Ah, man. That's a tough one, dude. I'm pretty, pretty chill right here, man. Honestly. Um, I, I, it would have to be like I probably like uh, – like a ranch in like Montana or something, man. Okay. Just like, okay. Like for like just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of acres for as far as you can see. And it's just like, I just out on my own, with my family and the dogs and just like doing my thing, you know, that's like my, that would be awesome. Okay. Okay. I felt like I, I felt like I heard you say something about Tennessee one time. I've been living in the country. In Tennessee. I like Tennessee. I like the idea of Tennessee. I do like it. I, I do like their like weather. They still have seasons, but it's not like, super cold it's not crazy yeah yeah um tennessee tennessee would be a good one um but i mean if i, I, I can really pick and i have like it's, money is not an object yeah like a ranch in in wyoming or utah or, or montana something in that range for sure nice nice yeah all right so if you could have dinner with any three people dead or alive who would those three people be and why Whoo. Good question. Dinner with three people dead or alive. Probably Freddie Mercury. Okay. Um. I mean, I'd love to. I, I honestly probably Joe Rogan. Um, you said Joe Rogan. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I think he's a super interesting guy. Um. And. Uh, Poof. I don't know. I don't know who the third the third one would be. I don't know. Honestly, like like what questions are you asking? My grandmother. Nice. That's dope. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be what cool. What questions are you asking? Like what what what, what, what would you ask Joe? Yeah, what would you ask Joe? Like how I so he he's a huge bow hunter. Like he he's into bow hunting, archery and I, recently have been sort of obsessing with that. Um, and, uh, and I just like the stuff that he gets to do. He like, like that guy's life seems so sick. He gets like all the UFC fights. He caught me sitting ringside at every fucking UFC fight. 
he taught he has he, his job is to talk to some of the most interesting people in the world for two hours and record it like that's his job like that's fucking sweet yeah. and and he has like he, he's just super successful like it's just like it i don't know when i look at something i'm like yo that guy's life seems pretty fucking dope um and then uh you know um who else did i say freddie mercury Oh, Freddie Mercury, just because that guy's like a trip, man. That guy's like pretty wild. Uh, like, obviously, the lead singer of Queen in a time where, like, that was, like, he was like a freak. You know what I mean? But then look at the music. Like, play one Queen song, every fucking person in the world. You play, like, one little bit of a Queen song. You're like, oh, yeah, I know that song. You know, it's just, like, <laughs> how to, like, rise to that level of, like, stardom and, and popularity is, is crazy. Um, and without Instagram, without followers, without subscribers, he did it on his own. And then obviously my grandmother, she's she's passed away, but just be cool to talk to her again, you know? Dope. Dope. Yeah. All right. So you wake up tomorrow morning, $10 million was deposited into your bank account. How you use How much? It? $10 million. Uh probably just keep going the way things are going. Yeah. Just I don't know. Pay somebody to finish the rest of the building, <laughs> <laughs> and probably go on a probably go on a much needed vacation, and then uh, get back to work. So you've been pretty much doing all the building on the building yourself, right? Uh, yeah, with me and a couple friends. of buddies. Adam's helped a lot. Um, myself and uh, yeah, and uh, another buddy close here, close by here. Nice, nice. Yeah, I would definitely pay somebody to do it if I had if I had the extra ten million in the, in, in the bank. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, so I, there's, there's like some creature comforts that I would love to like just be like, okay, you you do that shit. I don't. Not that. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. You can direct, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you can yeah. you can do that. Yeah, I might. I mean, ten million. I I do some I do some fun stuff. I go on some cool some cool trips, and uh, but honestly, I don't know how much would change. I might put an addition on my house, um, but I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't be like selling and moving across the world and going balling out buying ferraris and lambos that's just not me buy a nice truck go on some nice trips nice that's, that's what's up yeah all right so what's one question you wish i would have asked you then how would you have answered that question pardon me say that again so what's one question you wish i would have asked you and then how would you oh, have it, answered that question i don't know <laughs> i have no idea that's like, i don't know what is, what's the everybody always say that's the hardest question yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I have no idea. I don't. I didn't have a question like loaded to. I wish he had asked me that. I haven't. What? Yeah, every now and then, someone um hit me with something good, and I like add it to the list and and try to ask people about that going forward. Yeah, that's. I, I like those uh those those wrap up questions. So like, who would you who would you have dinner with? Because man, there's three people. Man, that's a tough one. Yeah, but, that's uh, tough. That's, That's a tough, tough one. Especially on the spot, too. Especially on the spot. Yeah, yeah. And then there's some that's like, you know, you'd, you'd want to have dinner with, but, like, you don't really either. Like, they're pretty fucked up. Um, you like, know, like, they're, they're just not, like, understand the mind of, like, some of these, like, you know, like, fucking, like, some of these fucking serial killers, man. I just watched uh, a documentary about Ted Bundy. Guy is, like, insane. Like, he is full-blown insane. But, like, if I knew he's not going to kill you, and I could just have dinner with him and just be like, yo, you are fucked up. You know that? Yeah, right? like, what the fuck are you thinking? Like, yeah, but like, it just, <laughs> experience would be kind of like, 
you know, as long as it's like a safe, controlled environment, I'm not going to get killed. That'd be, <laughs> like, that, that would then be interesting, you know, the psychology of like the way people think and like what makes them do what they do. And yeah, I don't know. But yeah, that was, a, that was a good question. I like that one. There's so many I could I could go on and on. Dude, that Dahmer show, bro, fucked up, man. Was that? <laughs> that there's a new show on Netflix called Dahmer with Jeffrey Dahmer. Oh, about Jeffrey Dahmer. So that was up, another dude. crazy person. Dude, super fucked up person. Like super fucked up person. Like he like killed people and ate them. Like he was like pretty. That's, yeah. Yeah, man. Like he's sick. That's, he's sick. That's sick. Yeah, that's dude, sick. Like, sick. Best in the head, like seriously mentally ill and uh and yeah but but it's just like it's like people do that shit like that's i don't know it's weird but there's like that like allure to it too right like what that's why serial killer shows are so popular you know that's why they make a series about it because you're like this is fucked up but i can't look away it's like watching exactly. a train exactly you know? yeah. exactly yeah that's yeah. that's crazy shit like i'm glad i can't imagine that thought process because if i could imagine that thought process there might be something wrong, so I'm glad I can't really imagine. Right, you can't even process. like fathom what that like, what like, that thought would be, but like it's yeah, I, I I feel you. It's yeah, man. If anyone hasn't seen it, it's like it's. Yeah, like, it's, check that out. it's on Netflix. Yeah, some of it's pretty difficult to watch, but it's uh, it's messed up, man. It's it's messed up, but it's one of those shows that you're just like you watch it and you're just like, then you next Is episode, a, next episode, next episode. Yeah, oh, okay, like, so it's, okay, yeah. Yeah, I'm not to yeah, everyone out. loves to be a train wreck. Yeah, everyone loves, uh, everyone loves a train wreck. <laughs> yeah, everyone <laughs> looks like a train wreck. <laughs> but yeah, everyone loves a train wreck, right? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I'm gonna have to check that out now. Um, I didn't know about it though, so yeah, I'm definitely yeah. have to check that out. Yeah. All right, yeah, bro. bro. So yeah, I really appreciate you coming yeah. on, bro. Um, been looking forward to this all week. I was a little scared because I thought we was gonna lose power, and I was like coming up with like a backup plan of how I would do it if we lost power. And no, lost it was just rescheduled, bro. I, like I, I, I make time for you, man, for sure. Are you uh, you coming to Tinley? Yeah, yeah, we'll be in Tinley. You're going to be there? Hell yeah. yeah All right, yeah, cool, man. Yeah, next definitely. week. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, man. Yeah, but yeah, like I say, I appreciate you coming on, bro. Really been looking forward to this. Tell everybody where they can find you online. Uh, yeah, I mean, you go to Instagram, Royal Canary Reptiles. Go to YouTube, Royal Canary Reptiles. Um, that's about it. Facebook, so, one IG, and YouTube, Facebook. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, reach out one of those one of those ways. Um, you can send an email to royalcanadianreptiles at gmail.com. Actually, my preferred way of communication because that's something I will actually check daily. Instagram, okay. mess- Facebook messages, YouTube comments. It just like all that shit ch- kind of just jumbles into. I can imagine, uh, bro. Check each one and each different platform, and there's like five different ways I can get a message on Facebook through the business page, through my own thing. If I haven't, if I haven't like accepted it as a friend, it gets hidden and I don't see it. So Royal Canadian Reptiles at gmail.com. If you want to reach out, that's my preferred way. I will see it and I will get back to you. That's the, yeah. It's, it's sometimes if you send me a message on Facebook, I do it. If you go to Instagram and click like unread, it's just like, you could scroll for 20 minutes. I just like, and there's so many people asking me questions. I just can't get back to them all. Yeah, but if they yeah, I can imagine went to my website and emailed me, I would answer them back. It would be a lot easier for me to do. Uh, yeah. But yeah, yeah, I can imagine that gets hectic. What's that? So I can imagine that gets hectic. It it does. It's so hard to organize. Like the social media, like you can't organize the like the chats is like okay, I want this chat at the top or this. My email, I can put them into folders and then 
okay, reminders, set them on my email, goes to my calendar. It's so much easier. And you probably get crazy messages too. Like, is this an NG? What do you think? Oh yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> is it supposed to be like that? That's my first. That's always my first question. Is this like a clown? Nope. <laughs> if you're not getting that one, uh, you might want to do some research, man. <laughs> that's a pretty easy one to ID, and you're messing that one up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That's funny. All right, bro. Well, I'm, I'm going to let you go. Uh, everybody in the chat, I uh, really appreciate y'all coming out. Thank you for all the support. It really helps us out. And remember, you can check out the recordings of the episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. Uh, again, thank y'all for coming out. Be blessed. Peace. Yeah, guys, make, sure you, uh, for a second. make sure you comment. Make sure you're uh, not comment. Subscribe to, to his channel. Um, I appreciate it. Thanks everybody for stopping out and I will see everybody at Tinley. If you guys see me and I don't recognize you, stop me. I'd love to, to shake your hand, say what's up. And if you don't, if I've never met you, introduce yourself. Uh, just another guy, man. <laughs> Thank you, bro. Really appreciate it. Yeah, bro. I'll see everybody. We'll go for dinner. We'll go have a drink. Just hang out. It'll be fun. For sure. Can you hang back for a second? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Peace everybody.